the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. Memorial Day weekend, I think, to me, is the most important holiday of the year. And the reason that it's the most important holiday of the year is because there are people, kids really, in fact there are five kids, did you know this girl, five kids in Vietnam were the ages 16 years old, how do you enlist when you're 16? They did, five Americans, killed in action, 16! We've got guys that are 17, and, and then you, go, you look at the wars, including World War II. Guys signed the dotted line to go and fight. Nazis, socialists, communists, and Marxists, all of which are now elected in one specific party called the Democrats. So this is an important holiday to me. Now, a lot of people like to do the old uh, drinking and uh, barbecue. I don't do that. I don't do that. But I, did, I was raised not to do that. The reason I have the views I have is because I watched somebody who I love immensely, who's passed away now, my Auntie Flore, go to the cemetery every year over her 18-year-old son that was killed in action in Vietnam. And that's the foundation of a lot of my beliefs. And you go through the wars, and now these idiots get to run in parades and walk around like they did something, the whole time profiting from these wars. And, oh, you got to, you know, the boys that fought... eh. But you took away all their lives, and you forever changed the trajectory of everybody who goes and is injured. You cannot quantify it. You can't figure out how it's changed everything. And now, these years are particularly hard because there's a traitor in office. A traitor! An asset of the Chinese Communist Party and oligarchs of the former Soviet Union. And he is raking it in along with his party. And don't get me wrong, there's traitors in the Republican Party, too. Yes, there are. And that's why, as we butt up against the debt ceiling and they go home and there's a long weekend, you're going to get screwed. It's going to be a deal, it'll be two years, and we got to fight that, and all the rest of it. But that's not what this is about. This is about those boys that died for the idea that millions die for, the idea to be free. So I'm not going to go into the specificity of the American Marxists, Socialists, Communists, and Democrats during this. I normally save this clip for the end of the show. I've been doing it for a couple years now. I decided I want to do it in the beginning now. In America's cities and towns today, flags will be placed on graves and cemeteries 
Public officials will speak of the sacrifice and the valor of those whose memory we honor. I have no illusions about what little I can add now to the silent testimony of those who gave their lives willingly for their country. Words are even more feeble on this Memorial Day, for the sight before us is that of a strong and good nation that stands in silence and remembers those who were loved and who in return loved their countrymen enough to die for them. Yet we must try to honor them, not for their sakes alone, but for our own. And if words cannot repay the debt we owe these men, surely with our actions, we must strive to keep faith with them and with a vision that led them to battle and a final sacrifice. Our first obligation to them and ourselves is plain enough. The United States and the freedom for which it stands, the freedom for which they died, must endure and prosper. Their lives remind us that freedom is not bought cheaply. It has a cost. It imposes a burden. And just as they whom we commemorate were willing to sacrifice, so too must we, in a less final, less heroic way, be willing to give of ourselves. Each died for a cause he considered more important than his own life. Well, they didn't volunteer to die. They volunteered to defend values for which men have always been willing to die if need be the values which make up what we call civilization and how they must have wished in all the ugliness that war brings that no other generation of young men to follow would have to undergo that same experience. As we honor their memory today, let us pledge that their lives, their sacrifices, their valor shall be justified and remembered for as long as God gives life to this nation. And let us also pledge to do our utmost to carry out what must have been their wish, that no other generation of young men will ever have to share their experiences and repeat their sacrifice. Earlier today, with the music that we have heard, and that of our national anthem, I can't claim to know the words of all the national anthems in the world, but I don't know of any other that ends with a question and a challenge as ours does. Does that flag still wave for the land of the free and the home of the brave? That is what we must do. Only for a few of us. The Democrats are the party of the cowards and the fascists and the socialists and the Marxists and the scum and the traitors like that dimwit in diapers in front of it all. So this holiday is a little different for me. You see, because if you're in on that fraud and scam in this perpetual warfare and this political gangster government where you are a disrespect to every single one of them that died and every single one of them that was injured. And in Vietnam, the average age was 24. In the Middle East, George Bush's war, 26. In Afghanistan, 28. And that goes, that's an average. Vietnam, we have 16-year-olds. And nobody can tell me for what. Because now you got Ho Chi Minh in the Congress 
AOC, and every other ret bastard government supremacist. So our, is that our common ground? Do we love freedom and liberty? Absolutely not. There's only a small fraction of Americans that believe in the reasons that those kids died for. The rest are implementing the policies they went to fight against. They're called Democrats. So to think that this is normal times in America, it's not. Joe Biden is an asset of the Communist Party. We have the prima facie evidence and the government is protecting him. So every right Democrat who's an FBI agent or an IRS agent or a CIA, you're the scum. You're not Americans. So do me a favor. Don't have a barbecue and certainly don't come within a thousand feet of me. Because this is the day you remember all of them, not just the ones we're related to. Who died for what appears to be nothing. As you see this idiot corrupt administration guarantee to implement fascism. Guaranteed to destroy our dollar. Guaranteed to destroy the quality of our lives. So it's a little different for me. I'm not going to be barbecuing. And I don't want a fracking day off. I have to take one because it's policy. But I don't want one. I want to work every day against this leviathan of corruption that has destroyed the principles that every one of those kids died for. So it's not normal when you hear AOC and the rest of them. But particularly the idiot in office who's a disgrace to everything. So to me, this particular Memorial Day will be as mine have always been, somber. And it will have a purpose. And that purpose will be to make sure that anybody within your shot knows you're not in the boat with us. You're not fighting because you have the same principles. What your policies are doing are intentional to take away all of those freedoms. All of those liberties, because you like the corrupt gangster government, and your only hope is to get cut in on it. So you don't fool me, none of you, and you're certainly not patriotic. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560. The answer. Different versions of war criminals. Policy profiteers. Bribed assets of enemies, foreign and domestic. That's the government. So let's go to a couple of their more popular dimwits. I ask you to think about the last time a person said has said in this country that the government does too much for them. This is a fundamental misunderstanding that all idiots share. And there are welfare roaches and leeches that believe the government is supposed to do something for them. These are the slaves to fascism, the slaves to Marxism, communism. Pick one of the illusions, they call it. But what it is, is the government is in control and the arbiter of rights. AOC is popular because she looks like Jennifer Lopez and talks like Che Guevara and nothing else. She's an idiot. And what she's talking about is the government paying all of your bills. Well, the government pays a lot of the bills for very, very many people in this country, Arguably 63% get some benefit more than what they contribute to it. And that sets you on the trajectory to serfdom. 
That is how it ends. Now, we've gotten there because we pretend that they have experts. Ooh, tell me, what's the expert in government supremacy? What's the expert in communism? What they really are are experts in failure. They put lipstick on the pig of failure. And as you get nearer and nearer to when you're an absolute slave, they tell you everything's fine. That's exactly what happened today with a guy who is their economic Dalai Lama, rather than what he really is, a loser and a fraud who's never made a dollar in his fracking life for anything other than hot air that comes out of his pie hole. His name is Paul Krugman, and he's a bust out, and he is their god. There is a pretty strong case that that is just a, a number, that the, the United States, um, absent you know the political games over the debt ceiling, which is a really you know, uniquely American dysfunction. So this is the new mantra that to have a limitation on how much the government can misappropriate and fraud your money is uniquely American. And to a certain extent, this moron, bust-out loser is right. It is uniquely American to limit the government. In fact, we're the only country that's built on you, not the government. And now, over the last 247 years of the bastardization of those principles, you have a gypsy, shorten-the-pants political whore gypsy who has never done anything in his life and uses these idiots these useful idiots to continue to promise more collectivism more fascism more communism more traitor activity that he is really implementing on this country and he does it because they pretend that there should be no limit on how much the government can bankrupt its people because this country's bankrupt and what they're going to do now is make you feel good and they're going to compare you to other totalitarian, bankrupt, fascistic nations around the world. Aside from that, there's no hint that financial markets are concerned about America's ability to service its debt. There's no real sign that the debt is putting any strain on the economy. Um, there are U.S. debt is very high for by our own historical standards, the only time we've been close to this level was in the immediate aftermath of World War II. Now, the reason I like that part is the reason we were this high compared to GDP is because we were fighting the ideology of you, you Fourth Reich National Socialist Worker Party hack, you and the dimwit AOC. And this idiot, Joe Biden, uses this as an excuse to cover up his own corruption which the American people seem to like now, as more and more people pretend it's just normal. And we're going to wait the 500 and some days. I don't know. It's time to understand the failure is what the goal is. And they will continue to fail, and they will continue to fail at a faster speed. Here's their idea of a representative. His name is Al Green. Now, he's not talented, and he's not a reverend. He's a con artist, fraud. He's a Democrat. And I rise today with a very simple message. The debt ceiling has outlived its usefulness. Hallelujah! It is time to eliminate the debt, the debt ceiling. Get up now! We have to do so because these issues that we are dealing with currently are only the genesis. The revelations will lead us Woo-wee. to other issues Can involving you feel the me? social agenda. Budgetary items will not be the only items on this extortion agenda. It's time to end the debt ceiling and let us move forward 
and negotiate as we appropriately should and have. Hey, stupid. Move forward and negotiate what? You're bankrupt. Hey, stupid. Because we've listened to you and your other moron Marxists, your other incompetent political whore, corrupt socialists. You're exactly what those boys were fighting and gave up their life for. They didn't know one day America would elect such lying, swindler, socialist scum such as yourselves. And Al Green, I give you too much credit. You're just a regular Democrat. I could buy and sell you like juicy fruit. For $500, you'll have your wife give it, throw in a lap dance, too. Moron. Tom in Blue Island. Hey, Sean Ditto's buddy. Uh, just got done working. Uh, house in Blue Island. Two buddies of mine, Freddie, the other guy, we call him Grandpa Freddie and Jorge. And you hit it with the 16-year-olds. My old man signed up for World War II when he was 16. He was from Southern, like kind of Alton, Illinois, a little bit south, so he had a little bit of that hillbilly draw. And the way he, he asked him, he'd say, there wasn't nobody asking for identification. If you were willing to sign, they were taking you. And he spent four years on an aircraft carrier, and he died about five, six years ago. I was never able to get any information out of him about what he did in the war, what happened, and he was a lifelong Democrat, Sean. But oh, he wasn't really political, brother. But he, for, if he were to the see, I can't even imagine what he'd say if he well, saw what was going on today, my friend. Well, this is the problem. We allow this philosophy of government supremacy to pretend to be Democrats. And it's because of our own stupidity to a certain extent. But more importantly, if we don't identify them for what they are, then we're going to continue to pretend it's an option. And on these days in particular, these weekends... Rather than shoving my face with a cheeseburger and watching a couple of steroid freaks in costumes hop around and chase balls, I like to think about what the meaning is. That's just me. But we're a unique breed, Tom. People listen to this. That's why it's not for everybody. That's why I'm not going to pretend what these traitors are, are just a little misunderstood. We just, we just got to misunderstand. We got to communicate more. Really? Let's go over some of these idiots, shall we? How much time do I got? You know, I was reminded of a, of a guy today. I was thinking about all of the scallywags that disappear who want to testify as you wait for the IRS whistleblower and the FBI whistleblower. And you think throughout just the last 30 years, 30 years, all of the whistleblowers that disappear. But this might be my favorite one. The police report into the death of Mark Middleton, a former special advisor to Bill Clinton, has been released nine months after his death. Middleton was found hanged from a tree with a gunshot wound to his chest at the he was found, what was that, Squirrel? Hanged from a tree. Let me understand this. With a gunshot wound to his chest. You got that, Squirrel? Wait, you hear the rest. A heifer ranch in Perryville, Arkansas in May 2022. The report rules his death as suicide, but no weapon. You ever, uh, you ever shoot yourself and then you ever think about suicide, Squirrel? It's normal. Don't, don't let these people tell you it's not. You think you're going to hang yourself and then shoot yourself? Or are you going to shoot yourself, then hang yourself? He's murdered! Because he was going to testify. And it's a similar platform. All right, let's get to some breaking news out of France, everybody. The Paris prosecutor's office has confirmed to NBC News that a former modeling agent linked to Jeffrey Epstein was found dead in his prison cell this morning. Uh, the office says that it ha appeared uh, Jean-Luc Brunel, quote, died by suicide because. He uh, uh. So when you think about exactly what's going on here, I want you to understand this party in particular and a lot of Republicans. I see you, too, you smarmy son of dogs. 
They're more interested in the corruption in government. And the exact opposite of everything we're going to celebrate. And the saddest part of all is there'll be parades or what picnics or whatever. And these political whores, in particular, the slimiest and the smarmiest, they'll walk around like they're representing the beliefs that those kids died for, rather than who they fought against. Like Krugman or AOC or Al Green or the diaper-wearing dimwit. The good news is he'll be off at Camp David in an incuba- incubation tube as they fill him up with uh, whatever the hell he's on, whatever kind of formaldehyde is keeping that idiot upright. George in Naperville. Sean, I remember my dad taking me and my brother to see Patton and Torah, 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 and I just remember feeling, even at that time, what these men did for us. And yeah. because of that, we can live the way we do, but we're living crazy now. With so now I, you remember the big scandal back then, George, was when Patton slapped a soldier who, yeah, had, who was shell-shocked. Yeah, well, he slapped him and he was shell-shocked. I want you to hear something, George. This is what our military is sending to the Brazilian government to show their military. Hi, my name is Mark and I use he, him pronouns. You've probably noticed that more and more people are stating their preferred pronouns when they introduce themselves in social conversations, in classrooms, in the workplace, in their email signatures, and on social media. The reason is simple. There is a range of gender identities beyond male and female. In English, many use he, him, or she, her pronouns, but a growing number of people are using different pronouns like they, them, zee, them, zee, here, her, hers, and am. These are called gender-neutral pronouns. They don't specify the gender of the subject of the sentence, and they exist because you can't assume someone's gender just by looking at them. Words matter, and they are powerful tools to convey meaning and connect more deeply with one another. Making incorrect assumptions about someone's gender, that's a microaggression that could be hurtful for individuals who identify with certain communities, <laughs> such as transgender. That's from Lloyd Austin, Joe Biden's military, to the Brazilian government to show their military. I'd like to resurrect George Patton. Let him slap the taste out of this guy's mouth. 312-642-5600. Oh my God. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Yes, honey bunny, that's not in the news. Illinois being the first to get rid of the scholarship program. And I like that it's not in the news because it proves that the Chicago media is in the pocket, the Pravda for the Marxist mafia. I think they go to, a, to the Erie Street Cafe for lunch a lot. Oh, I know they do. I ever tell you about the time, Honey Bunny, when I was at the Erie Street Cafe? This was a long time ago. I met Dan Prof there. And um, Rahm Emanuel showed up with like the 14, this is when he was mayor, with like the 14 cars. And he jumps out of his little kitty seat. They had to unstrap him. He gets down with his nine fingers. And uh, I asked the waiter, I said, could I have a piece of paper? And I took a piece of paper and I wrote on there, reserved for circus freaks and nine-fingered short-in-the-pants Democrats. I went and put it on the little urinal in Erie Street Cafe. That's when, uh, you know, Dan Proft realized that we were going to be colleagues one day. Chris, Milwaukee. I love How can I follow that? I'm laughing too hard. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Erie Street Cafe. I hear they still get a lot of Democrat scum in there. I do. Go ahead. (laughs) Anyhow, um, hey, a very important weekend for me, too. Uh, my dad fought in World War II, and uh, it's a, Memorial Day has always been the most special. I always, always try and fly the flag that uh, was given my mother at his funeral, so I, I ended up in possession of that. Hey, when you were talking about the uh, hanging shotgun in the chest suicide in Arkansas, got me thinking. 
Uh-huh. Uh, Don Vito had Luca Brazzi. <laughs> yes. Biden, the, the Clintons, um, probably the Bushes, who knows who else um, have the CIA. They have the FBI. They have people like Ray Epps. It's not much different, is it? It's far more organized, and it will never be prosecuted. I think it's far better. Why in the world would you be a two-bit bookmaker, loan shark, run prostitution? Why would you do any of that when all you have to do is be a, be a congressman, be a senator? Now you can yeah. steal with impunity. And in the meantime, if you rally against that, you get 18 years in the Husco. I mean, there's a lot going on here, kid. And that's why it's a really sad, it's a really somber Memorial Day. Because I mean that. None of these kids that went to fought and died, none of these boys, none of them, died for these idiot traitors that are in office today. None of them. You said much better. I'm going to say much worse, and I know that's what you really meant. Thank you. I mean, Thank you very, yeah, I've learned to, 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 to remove all those words, although it's very difficult at times. Thank you, Chris, Milwaukee. Uh, I think, you know, Squirrel, this is uh, every day I think about my, my, my aunt going to the grave. Every day, because I used to go with her every day. And every day I think, what, especially when you have kids, and then you realize that they're just kids, and they believe all that nonsense propaganda that they're told. And the reality... What's the reality? Let's see some of the reality. Republican members of the House Oversight Committee recently laid out what they believe is a global web of Biden family influence peddling. The 36-page memorandum alleges that foreign businessmen sent millions in wire transfers to numerous limited liability companies that then transferred the cash to bank accounts of at least nine Biden family members. Because he's a traitor. But not all family members, Squirrel. Oh, no. There's some he keeps forgetting. At any rate... Um, thank you all again for your for your patience for being here. Look, um, there's an awful lot, an awful lot to be proud of. And uh, and the way in which women's sports has come along is just incredible. And you're and you're changing the name. And it's not just in sports it's across it the board. Dementia. In every patient. single thing. And uh, it's really neat to see since uh, I've got uh, four granddaughters. We, we had some. Pre- no, 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 no. You got another one. Now, see, there's no need to cut her out. I mean, after all, she's just born of an ex-stripper. But look at your daughter-in-laws. Look at those tramps. My favorite is the one who was banging the crack smoker. She's my favorite. Now, you're okay with her kids, but not the stripper? I say the stripper's ten times more honest, has ten times the character. And at least she had a freaking job. Unlike those other roaches, you keep uh, putting LLCs in their names. Much of the money came from China, including transactions involving the Chinese energy company. A Biden associate, Rob Walker, used his company to funnel money from the Chinese to various Biden family members. But what about the stripper? Yeah, maybe she's disqualified. You know why, Squirrel? She had a job. She paid taxes, unlike these other tramps. But they all got LLCs. Democrats dismissed the evidence even though it was based on bank records directly from the bank. Hunter Biden. Not a boy. Went and fought a socialist for this traitor. This asset of enemies, foreign and domestic. This communist sympathizer. Although, when you declare yourself a Democrat, aren't you really a communist sympathizer? I mean, after all, it all sounds the same to me. The communist vote is a vote for life. A vote for the communist ticket. It is a vote to end racism to all forms of discrimination. It is a vote for jobs, a vote for a decent income, a home for everyone, for full equality of women, especially on the job. 
It is a vote for free child care centers and for working mothers a six months maternity leave with full pay. It is a vote for free quality medical care, hospital care for all who need it. It is a vote for free college education for all regardless of income. We have the materials. We have the manpower to build a decent home for every family. We can build enough schools and hospitals. We can, if we can have modern mass transit systems. We can eliminate poverty and want. We can do all this. We can provide these services only if we eliminate corporate profits as the kingpin. So, Squirrel, do you know why that was a scandal then and, you know, now it's not? Because at the same time, this communist rat bastard, may he burn in hell and work the glory hole with Matt on Albright. At the same time, he was running for president as a communist. Boys were in Vietnam fighting communists. The government was spending tremendous amounts of money. Of course, a lot of it was ending back in the pocket of LBJ. May he burn in hell and uh, help him during the breaks at the glory hole in hell. All the same time, this communist was running for president in this country. And do you know who supported him, Squirrel? This is my favorite part. The future leader of the FBI, James Comey, and the future leader of the CIA, John Brennan. Wow! Yeah. Everybody remember that when you're stuffing your face and you let these Democrats come and walk down. Hi, I'm a Democrat. I'm running for office. Sure you are. Our boys are in graves fighting that ideology. Greg in Rogers Park. John, happy Memorial Day to you and your family and to all of our veterans, and then most importantly to all the families, people suffering from the loss of their veterans and their lives. Yeah. But more importantly now, they're saying now, see, these guys lie, like yelling and that. They knew the uh, deadline, the debt ceiling now that June 5th it just came out on fake news media. And, uh, you know, that's, a, that's what our guys died for, people to lie. About Greg, you know why you, no. I don't want you to get too crazy about this? Because we've been operating outside of the parameters of the debt ceiling since February. Janet Yellen, elected by nobody, supported by only the corrupt, arbitrarily picked this date out of her shoe, and I cleaned it way up. She picked it out of her shoe. I was going to say Buddha gig, but that would have been too rude. She picked it out of her Buddha gig. And now it's an arbitrary date. So let's move it around because it doesn't mean Jack because the Republicans are going to cave anyway. Where was Paul Krugman? He's about that Vietnam age. You think he signed up? I didn't I didn't look it up. I didn't ask the evil Google, but I'd bet a lot of money that this cowardice traitor didn't. But it's not that high compared with what a lot of other countries have experienced over the years uh, without any kind of crisis. So, you know, it, the any the numbers are enormous, but everything about the U.S. economy is enormous. So you say $31 trillion. And you do- Notice how he shaved the trillion. It's 32, Paul Krugman. But you're their, you're their laureate. You're their, their, their Svenjali of Marxism and communism. And you can't afford to pretend that you know anything about real economics. Your whole th- ideology is what the Democrats are. Ah, we're not as bad as everybody else. Right, Paul, you coward? Do your best Dr. Evil imitation. But it's not at all clear that the debt is a top priority, you know, that it's a catastrophic issue or even that it even belongs in the top five or maybe even the top ten of issues. To concern you know the why, States. Squirrel? The vast majority of Americans don't pay taxes, number one. But number two, the only Democrats that pay taxes all bribe politicians and lawyers so they circumvent taxes. So it's no big deal. This is only a big deal for the honest men. And in this country, day by day, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. The good news is they all listen to this show. 312-642-5600.
Broadcasting from the petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. It's true, honey bunny. I had a Boston Terrier named Mo. Punched that son of a gun right in the face. He loved it. It's tough. There's a dog in the studio. Squirrel is caressing you. Do not let that dog defecate on the board there. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean. How are you? What happened? Did somebody cut your camel suit? Yeah, you there? What are you doing? You hang up on me? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. You got to worry if the NSA throws a bag over your head, beats you, senseless, throws you into some sort of camp. Go ahead. Sean, I just uh, like to uh, ask everyone in the country... Uh, to say a special prayer for all the veterans, men and women, who lost their lives uh, so that we can enjoy the freedoms that we do today. And I think we owe it to them to get together in this country right now to make it the best that that it was and it always will be. And, Sean, you, your family, everyone at 560, and uh, and all of your listeners, have a safe Memorial Day weekend. Thanks, John. Thank you, Rich. That was very sweet, very nice. In the meantime, he means stay out of Chicago. You could have summed it up a little better than that. What happened, Squirrel? Was uh, the North Avenue Beach opened up? How did it go? How did it go? Not good. Oh, shootings. Ah, it's bound to happen. Um, it's bound to happen in these Democrat hellholes. Not because of guns, but because of scum. Has nothing to do with guns. In fact, I was listening. Um, I didn't realize this. Did you know that Sununu is the governor? of the safest state in the country. Do you know that, Squirrel? You've loosened gun laws in your state, and you hold an A rating from the for the NRA. Look, if the argument is, if we no just ban. have more gun bans and more gun laws, Chicago would be the safest place in the country. Well, the guns Whoa. that are... Do you know why I love, I love these clips? Because everybody in this country and in other countries know what a failed political corrupt sewer the formerly great city was. I mean, everybody knows. It's a joke. It's a punchline. It's... Chicago. Used in Chicago are coming from states that have looser gun laws. So look, so the Democrats had the House, the Senate, and the presidency for two years. They did nothing. I I have the safest state in the country. Why are you holding on to this one gun? Yeah. No, I'm not banning any guns. Again, if it was that easy, the Democrats would have done it. It's not guns. It's scum. It's scum. And you know something? It's not just here. Oh, no. It's everywhere Democrats are in power. The accused killer, Emmanuel Simmons, is just 16 years old, a 10th grader at Magruder High School. The judge just ordered him held without bond in an adult jail. He called him a danger to other kids. Judge Holly Reid said it is a sad state of affairs in the D.C. area. Juveniles committing violent crimes with guns. Maybe it's because he just didn't have enough growing up i think it's clearly this is clearly squirrel this is your fault it's my fault this is everybody else's fault it's not this low-life roaches who pulled the trigger or the idiots that helped them oh no no and when i say help them i mean raise them you see i remember growing up squirrel i used to uh you know walk the streets back then it was different we, we got out of the house we did things punch each other in the face we made friends we made enemies it was great and every once in a while, you do something stupid. You throw a rock at somebody's window. You break. Oh, my God. And you go home, and, and you, your parents would catch wind of it. They grab you by the hair. And I didn't have both parents. Are you out of your mind? You make me look like a disgrace. Nowadays, the parents like it because the parents are just as scummy. Killing each other. The prosecutor says the 18-year-old victim 
Tennyson Leslie Jr. was running for his life down the escalator at the Wheaton Metro Station last Thursday when Simmons allegedly shot him in the head. The shooting, the confrontation between two groups of teens, all caught on Metro surveillance cameras. You can look at it for yourself, but my favorite is what this lowlife's lawyer tries to do. It's compelling footage. State's attorney John McCarthy says state law mandates that murder cases against 16-year-olds automatically start in adult court, but they can be moved back to juvenile court later. Yeah, I think all this guy needs is a job. You get him on the street department with one of those phony pensions, he'll be kissing Democrat ass and ballot harvesting before you know it. We are going to be requesting that this matter be tried in adult court. A public defender argued for Simmons' release pending trial, saying incarceration would derail his high school classes. Yeah, because he's an honor roll student. He's got a paper due right after the big weekend. He'd like to go home after he killed the other kid because, you know, he's a victim. We report about the city's crime problem. Oh, and this is another, another Democrat city in a Republican state. Almost every day, but today... That problem hit home for one of our crews while doing a story about crime in Whitehaven. Uh, my name is Yolanda, Y-O-L-A-N-D-A. Get down, get down, get down. Just stay down and get down. It's okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just stay down and get down. It's the... Oh, they're coming back. Okay. You okay, Jay? Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus that cover us. Thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus. Yeah. Thank you that the D student couldn't figure out where to aim. This is not just simply a strategy around policing. You have a collaboration of individuals who are committed to making sure that there's activity in Chicago. So you know what the big deal is, right? They're going to play the games and all that. The big deal is they're going to hire the gangbangers. They're trying to hire them so they don't shoot up the city. So we'll see if it works, right? I mean, what else are you going to lose? They couldn't stop it either way. Because what they've done is a disservice to the people of the city by making these schools bribery schemes for their friends. So they're taught by idiots, raised by idiots, and that's what you got. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me. It's obvious what's happening here. It's happened all around the world. The government supremacists seize power because they, number one, are supported by the corrupt and the stupid. And history started last week. That's why when it comes to policing, when it comes to policy, we've got a new idea. Oh, do you have a new idea? Why don't you stick to the old idea of enforcing the fracking law? They don't like that because that doesn't make them demagogues. So they're not fooling me. My next guest is well aware of this. You see... She started her career in policing at the age of 17. She started as a police dispatcher. She's held positions in patrol, investigation, narcotics, juvenile, hostage negotiations. You name it, she's done it. She's Sergeant Betsy Smith. 
How are you, Betsy? Hey, it's so great to be with you and, and here on a hometown radio station. I love it. Well, you're, you're not still in Illinois, are you? No, I fled to the great state of Arizona. All right. Good. Well, you're safer. Um, but the reality is um, you kind of saw this coming, didn't you, as you saw politicians get involved and start to protect predators as they are more than happy to victimize victims, right? Well, you're absolutely right. You know, we we saw this back in 2014 when the Obama administration uh, ushered in the war on cops and really the war on criminal justice. And now our justice system and and no place uh, does this happen more than in Cook County, Illinois. Our justice system is now criminal centric instead of victim centric. And it frustrates the cops. It frustrates the crime victims, the 98% of people who are good law-abiding people. Uh, but, the, you know, the criminals run the show now. Now, Betsy, I am, uh, I'm unique when it comes to hosts because I lived a life before I went into radio. And I wasn't always a decent human being. I got caught at card games. I've been pulled over. I pushed back as a kid against cops when they shagged me from a party. I've been tuned up. And I understand I deserved almost every one of them. And I support individuals, not just occupations, because you and I both know not all cops are great. You've had some scallywags in the past. You'll have scallywags in the future because the jobs are occupied by human beings. But for the most part, cops provided a service of protecting innocent people the way that they always did, by putting away lawbreakers. Now, government comes in and says, lawbreakers... Nah, they're the victims, and all we need to do is release them back out on the streets. And we see in Chicago, we've got 59 people who have been murdered by people who have been released since uh, uh, Kim Fox took over. But moreover, since the country did this turn where they said, we need less law enforcement and more welfare. How do you see this ending? Well, I mean, we're seeing how it's ending in real time, where we have this incredible spike in violent crime for the last three years, while American law enforcement has been demonized and vilified, and these woke Soros-installed uh, prosecutors. Remember, Kim Fox was the first one that the Soros money brought in. And what we are seeing is just the t- total destruction of our criminal justice justice system and it you know it's happening in real time in front of everyone here in Chicago and other places around the country now where is it going to end i believe that the american people have had just about enough so we have a lot of optimism for this situation changing in the next year or so but we've got to make sure it's not too late You know what I find funny? I mean, I don't know how long it's been since you left Chicago. But um, there was a new head of the FOP union. He looks like Curly's grandson. His name's Kenton Zaro. And he came out. He was going to run against Lori Lightfoot. He was going to do all this stuff. But come to find out, the FOP money that he was in charge of went to support Democrat politicians, Democrat aldermen, the very guys who make it harder for police to do their job, the very guys who side with the criminals and want this uh, rule where guys who get caught with guns are released hours later, depending on if they fit the right category. How can you explain Democrats or, or policemen that are supporting the philosophy that's against policing? 
Well, and that is a really good point. And this is something we talk about a lot. Just because you're a cop doesn't mean you're a conservative. And I was an FOP member in my agency uh, when I lived in the Chicago area. But here's the thing, and and I want people to remember, who was the biggest supporter of police unions uh, in the most recent past? Joe Biden. So now law enforcement in the in the last three years, especially, is now kind of between that rock and a hard place where are they going to go all in for the unions, which means going all in for the left, or are they going to stand up for the American Constitution that they all took an oath to uh, to uphold. And it's a very confusing time. Just because somebody's a cop doesn't mean they're a conservative. And I think that, that my profession, the profession of law enforcement, is really starting to realize around this nation that we have to go back to being individuals and, you know, and stop going all in for the unions. You know what's interesting? I see in the future, and I, I'm curious to know if you think this, uh, we, have a, we have a group that uh, advertises on our show, and I've met the principal called Blue Star Security. And these are retired cops or cops that left the field. And they go into private security. And this is the way of the future, the way that I see it. Because the police officers who are government police officers have been so hamstrung, so demoralized, that really, I have a nephew who's a, who's a, a lieutenant in Chicago, just made lieutenant. And I'm glad because he's safer as a lieutenant. But before he was, I would tell him, don't get out of the car. It's not worth it now to protect a society that hates you. And I think these neighborhoods, and you remember the Tony neighborhoods, all supporting Democrat Party like Winnetka and Glencoe and the rest of it, they're going to go to hiring private security because they're not going to take the chance of being out there naked the way they demand poor people are. Do you think there will be a big push like when the former Soviet Union fell and the good neighborhoods and the rich people hired private security? Well, we're already seeing that around the nation. And, and that really is a travesty because you, everyone deserves equal protection under the law. Now, just because I can afford private security or just because I can afford my own firearms and my own training, uh, you know, how, how is that fair for people who can't afford that? And that's why we want to go back to law enforcement, to American law enforcement being the police for everyone, because what's going to happen in cities like Chicago and L.A. and New York and, and all that is we are just going to simply have policing, private policing, exactly what you're talking about, for the wealthy and for the upper middle class and poor people who can't leave the city, uh, who can't leave their neighborhood, they're going to have limited police resources. And that is not what America stands for. And that's not what American law enforcement wants. That's the thing. When you become a cop, you become a cop because you want to help your community. You want to help your neighborhood. You want to help your city or your county. Cops hate what is happening. We don't mind running toward the shots. We don't mind protecting anyone, whether they want to be protected or they feel like they don't need it. You know what? We want to be able to protect everyone, but that is being slowly but surely taken away from us. And again, it leads to incredible frustration, and a lot of cops leave the job. We're devolving into Mexico to a certain extent where we're pretending that cartel members can be our friends. And there's a big push this weekend um, to hire gangbangers and gang affiliates for safety. And uh, they're peacekeepers, they're called. And the government's going to pay them. You think it'll work? 
Well, it hasn't worked in Baltimore. It hasn't worked in Philadelphia. I doubt that it's going to work in Chicago. Hiring gangbangers to go around and do little street negotiations is a ridiculous, utopian type of dream that will not work. But you're right. This is what you see in communist countries, in socialist countries. What we need to do is, first of all, we, we need to admit we have a problem, right? Like any addict, we need to go back to the 90s and say we screwed up we let this happen and then we need to fix it we need to go back to broken windows policing we need to hire the best and brightest and pay them a lot to do this job we need to respect them we need to weed out the bad because yeah when you lower standards you're going to hire bad people we need to go back to our police department including the chicago police department being well educated well trained and you know but you know you've got mayor brandon johnson now i don't know how much of that is going to happen if it was a stock i would buy puts it's going down but the reality is it's interesting because you spent your career in narcotics now during covid the only commodity that never had a supply chain problem was drugs. I have believed for decades, growing up in the city, going to work every day since 1987 in the city, everybody knew that the gangs were not gangs. It's not like they were having a beef like the the Jets and whoever in that movie where they dance their problems away. This is about billions of dollars of a drug business. They control all freaking areas now. They've been unleashed. It used to be just a couple where they thought it was acceptable. Can you really solve the problem if you don't take away the commodity that enriches them? Well, you know, I live 80 miles from the southern border in Arizona now, and I've got to tell you that 50% of the illegal drugs in this country are coming right through that southern border in Arizona right now. And where are they getting to? They're getting to, you know, Chicago and Aurora and, and uh, you know, and everywhere else in Michigan, Indiana and Wisconsin, here in the Midwest. And that has not changed. In 1985, no. I was buying dope undercover in the city of Chicago. And that has not changed because we here in Illinois never really had the guts to get a handle on our gang problem. We could do it, but we don't seem to have that intestinal fortitude to say we got to be done with this. And until that happens, until until we stop just making peace with the gangs and pretend they're not doing what they're doing, we're never truly going to get a handle on crime. You know what hasn't changed, too, Betsy, is the, is the cost. In fact, in some cases, it's gone down. So it's cheaper to be a low-life roach, and in some cases you're rewarded for it because this is where the bulk of welfare goes. I've said for decades, you want to fix these ghettos? It's very simple. If you get caught with a felony, you're no longer eligible for welfare. Do you think maybe it's time we start thinking a little bit like that rather than rewarding people who choose to be low-life scumbags? Well, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, we have continued to hand out, you know, free rent and EBT cards and everything else, regardless of your criminal history, regardless of any of your attempts to get a job or take care of your family. But again, does does the American public have the intestinal fortitude to say no to that? This is a very solvable problem. We have the best criminal justice system in the world. We are just abusing it and misusing Using it, And now with the tens of thousands, millions of illegal immigrants coming across the southern border and down from the north, now what's going to happen? Again, we have, we have lost control of this country. We, the people, have lost control of the government. 
And unfortunately, American law enforcement is very much left to hold the bag and just try to hold the line on what is happening, not just on our borders, but in, in our cities. Now, you're in Arizona now. I have since moved to Florida. And it's not a utopia and it's not perfect, but to watch the news, I don't know what it's like in Arizona, but I can tell you what it's like in Florida. The sheriffs down here are, out, I mean, they are basically daring criminals to do something. We have a sheriff, it's not in my county, he's in a county on the East Coast, and his name is Judd, I believe. And he pretty much Brady says, Judd. You raise a gun to a cop, I will kill you. We will kill you. You break into a house in Florida. These citizens have guns. I have told them to kill you. You kill another dirtbag. We will put you away for life and we will kill you. And for the most part, it's a different quality of life. And everybody's got a gun. There's less shootings than Chicago. There's less mayhem because the criminals are more fearful. You can't really solve the problem unless people are afraid to break the law, can you? Well, you're absolutely right. And we, we have a sheriff in Arizona, in Pinell County, Arizona, the next town, the next county over from where I live, named Mark Lamb. He's now running for the Senate, but he is exactly that Grady Judd yeah. style of sheriff who says, we're not going to tolerate this nonsense. And again, in, in states like Arizona, we have constitutional carry where, it, you know, if you're the right age and you're not a felon, you can carry again. Everybody carries a gun where I live. And so our crime is down. Our shootings are down. Our biggest problem in the state of Arizona is the border. And now that problem that we have has turned into your problem uh, in Chicago because, you know, now you've got the, the quote-unquote migrants, you know, living in your police district stations and sending yeah. the cops home with, you know, head lice and, and uh, bed bugs and all that. And it's, it's just become, it's become surreal, quite yeah. frankly. And, again, who's left holding the bag? Cops. Well, here's the good news, Betsy. Um, now, all, most Chicagoans understand the definition of the word sanctuary. Now we'll see if they accept it. In the meantime, what I love about you is that you're willing to speak about experience and principles. That's a dying thing, in particular in the Chicago Democrat sewers. So I love having you on and reminding you of why you should never consider coming back. I hope you sold your residence. But in the meantime, I wish you the best of luck in the future. And I hope sooner or later, Chicago Democrats start to listen to people like you. She is Sergeant Betsy Brannard-Smith. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be home. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Oh, there's a lot of of chaos. I love that song. You know, do you watch, do you listen, I should say, listen to Hollywood 360 on Saturday nights? It's phenomenal. Play all the old radio stations. Mitchell in the Plains. Hey, Sean. Um, first of all, I'll have you know that you should feel very secure in the streets of Chicago because Fat Albert decided to give kids <laughs> to the police to detect this and help solve problems. And we've seen how much impact that's done, right? Those yeah. kids were contained were basically ho-hos, a ding-dong, and a letter said, good luck, I'm not doing anything for you guys. Yeah. That's what that was. Yeah, you they sure when they open it up, houses. it just doesn't say run with an exclamation mark? Right. <laughs> 
Then you have Brandon Johnson, who's giving direct incentives for the thugs to commit crime. Why? Because, you know, hey, listen, if there's these flash mobs that happen to happen on Washington Street or, you know, downtown or Lincoln Park, it's just, you know, if they commit all these crime and carjacking and killings. You know what, Sean? It's just the misunderstood. They're not understood. You know, Mitchell, no it's obvious what he's doing without saying it is that he's hiring known, known affiliates of street gangs, and he's hoping that that keeps it calm. And you want to know something? Regardless of how I feel about this Marxist fraud asset of the, the, the communist union of the teachers, that incompetent group of buffoons, I hope it works. Because there's, no, there's nothing worse than watching these kids just rack up numbers, and nobody really gives a rip. They're a footnote to a footnote to the Democrat mafia. Another excuse to steal more money and implement more fascism. It's all it is. It's not, it's not, it doesn't add up to anything anymore. Nobody gives a rip. The real standard is what was their honey bunny? 55 last or 54 last week or a year? 54 shot last Memorial Day, nine dead. They're only trying to achieve less than that, and it's a success. The numbers that get there, they're not interested in really stopping it, or you could stop it overnight. Any convicted felon is never eligible for any welfare benefits. And then you expand it including his mom and dad. Oh, you'll turn it into Disney World. Jim in Palos Park. Sean, hope you have a great Memorial Day. Both, uh, well, my dad and two uncles, all World War II vets. They're all in Lincoln out there, you know, by yeah. Elwood. But yep. uh, God bless them, you know. They never complained. They never talked much about World War Two. you know, when I asked them. Yeah. They just didn't. The only thing my dad told me is he went AWOL from Fort Leonard Wood to go see Johnny Cash in oh. Indiana. God, at least and my Dolly family Parton. always went for women. But go ahead. Johnny <laughs> Cash is Parton, the second well, best. Dolly Parton, yeah. Dolly Parton was the warm-up yeah. Yeah, for Johnny uncle. Cash. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, my dad took me to see Johnny Cash. He was just fantastic, you know. Uh, I'm a rocker myself, but well, Johnny Jim, I... was just great. Oh, yeah. And um, I just wanted to say hi and uh, thank you for your show. Like oh, thank you. you. Before, you know, if you went national, you'd be number one and maybe maybe straighten out uh, this insane country we that, love. That's what we're trying to do. Thank you very much, Jim. You know, I, I mean, that's why I'm, I'm mad about holidays. I don't like weekends. But... I think we are making a difference. After all, honey bunny, we've got a couple of people right now in Washington, D.C. listening. And that's good. That's good. You should listen. And I hope you uh, know, I don't think you're going to do the right thing. I'm on to you. That's what I really want you to know. I'm on to you, and so are other good people. I uh, even know of some that are still in Washington, D.C. that are on to you. SISA has a great deal of problems. SISA, you know, was, and the Department of Homeland Security in general, was set up after 9-11 and sort of the, the fear and anger after the attacks. And what ended up happening is we allowed too much power to gravitate to these agencies. And SISA has an enormous amount of agencies. So I think at this point we should be circumscribing SISA's powers, not expanding them. There is no further debate or amendment. The questions on final passage of uh, S-1425 is amended. The clerk will call the roll. Senator Carper. Aye, by proxy. Senator Hassan. Senator Cinema. Senator Rosen. Senator Padilla. Senator Ossoff. Senator Blumenthal. Senator Paul. No. Senator Johnson. Aye, by proxy. Senator Lankford. Aye. So it passes. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. A bureaucracy 
Most of us didn't even know was there. Didn't understand the power of the thousands and thousands of employees, but also the fact that they are the root of censorship. Oh, it's always under security. Are you secure? Do you feel secure? Sure, you're secure. Most slaves are secure. But what are they censoring? What are the information that they're censoring? Now, there's been uh, some movements in the, in the British Parliament, in the European Parliament, about this. Uh, let me just show you what this is about. We've looked at it several times. This World Health Organization amendment to the international health regulations. World Health Organization has an amendment. And what could that amendment mean to us? After all, we're a sovereign country. But you know what? So is Great Britain. Yes, and they're, they're putting up more of a fight against the World Health Organization than the American politicians who support the fascism, who support the stripping of your liberty and your rights. And serious concerns uh, have been voiced about this. They've made so many changes. It's, it's got it all here. You can look at it. And, and what they've often done is, is uh, deleted bits uh, that just change a word that completely reverse the meaning and they've added huge amounts of uh, new text to, to uh, increase their, their power base. And um, This is Dr. John Campbell, who you can sometimes find on YouTube, mostly on Rumble. Dr. John Campbell has been going after the greatest weapon of the Fourth Reich. You see, the Fourth Reich is more than just these idiot political whores here in this country. The Fourth Reich is a world organization. The Fourth Reich is really led up by the son of a Third Reich member. You remember this guy. And we are just now where we move into the exponential phase. And I agree, artificial intelligence, but not only artificial intelligence. Shut up, Nazi bastard. In the meantime, I know who you worked with. I know what you worked with. Here in America, that pickle-faced fraud Fauci. But more importantly, the organizations that will be used as the bureaucracies to put us into servitude. Look through it. It's all there. It's uh, surprisingly enough, it is, it is in the public domain. Now, what I want to do this morning is look at some particular concerns that have been raised by a group of British members of parliament. And then we'll go on and look at uh, concerns raised by European members of parliament as well. See how the time goes. How many concerns by the American political horse? Or are they busy? Are they fundraising? Are they out shaking hands? Land of the liberty. Home of the brave. So that's the uh, that's the issue here that we are discussing the uh, international health regulations amendments the original 2005 ones were okay the 2023 ones are remarkably different i've done a couple of videos on this in the past and we might look at mr roos mp uh, mep as well see how we get on right telegraph uh, now if you were looking in the states the telegraph is a is, is a re reputable national newspaper in the uh, united kingdom um, one of the more reliable newspapers in the United Kingdom. I can never get used to the way these British people talk. Can you, Squirrel? Get to the point. I mean, I love you. I love you, Dr. John Kim. I really do. But come on now. Okay, it's got its own slant, the same as everything. <laughs> but it's actually fairly reasonable in a lot of ways. WHO could gain power to impose lockdowns in the UK is the title. They say uh, from the article, it says... Um, Members of Parliament fear new treaty designed to increase organisations, that's the World Health Organization's powers, would enable it to enforce border closures and vaccine passports. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. So if they can do it there, they can do it here. After all, we fund this fourth right called the World Health Organization. How come there's not an American politician talking about this? 
and that's just the start of it. We'll be looking at a few more, a few more points uh, as as we go through today. I don't like the sound of that. I saved you from the part where he pretends there's royal royalty and blue bloods and God, you know, saved the queen and kissed the king's ass and whatever else they believe in. Now uh, that's the link to the article there. New pandemic treaty is still under discussion, so there is time to change this. Let's hope that politicians wake up. Uh, lockdown measures could be imposed in the United Kingdom by the World Health Organization, and of course, wherever whatever member state signs up to this new treaty, substitute uh, your country, therefore United Kingdom, there under sweeping new powers. Not my words; these are from the article. Sweeping new powers. Um, some might say draconian new powers. I'm one of those. You see, the World Health Organization means guts and ghoul in this country. I don't want to hear a fracking word about this vaccine, which is leading to more and more deaths. Yes, it is. And you're ignoring and censoring the information. Organizations like the ones that just passed cybersecurity. Take your cybersecurity and your phony vaccine. Take all your mandates and guts and ghoul to you. Member states obliged to follow the agency's instructions would force Britain to spend 5% of its health budget on preparing for another virus outbreak. Ooh, more money and more money and more money. The debt ceiling, the money to the World Health Organization, to the IMF Bank, to we don't even know where. But we have to save. We have to help the people. I ask you to think about the last time a person said has said in this country that the government does too much for them. Me. I'll say it there. Dummy. Shea Gravera. Wrapped in J-Lo packaging. I know what it... Let's do this. So you don't want to pay the Social Security checks. Well, I'm actually, disgustingly, not far from collecting it. I don't want it. Just give me the money I paid for that scam. Give me back. You don't owe me anything. And that's how you break this. And as for your Medicare, I don't want that either. I don't want it. Give me the money you take, and I'll get it. You see, but nobody's talking like that. Oh, no. It's just an emergency on top of an emergency on top of an emergency. You see, there are ways to f push back against it. But the first thing you have to do is make yourself aware. These aren't American bureaucracies and little nooks of corruption. These are now worldwide. And if you think we had a hard time with the mafia in this country, what do you think it'll look like during the Fourth Reich? The COVID-19 crisis has shown us that our old systems are not fit anymore for the 21st century. It has laid bare the fundamental lack of social cohesion, fairness, inclusion, and equality. In well, my uncle Mikey... My Uncle Joe, my Uncle Charlie, he could only kill. They could only kill so many of you Nazis. They really could. But uh, some of your kids got away, like Klaus Schwab, son of a Nazi. Short, we need a great reset. Gats on Gould to you too, Nazi. 312-642-5600. Nein, 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 nein. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I fell into a burning Love Johnny Cash, I do. I went down Did you ever heard a song, uh, Folsom Prison? Went 
And it it's a good one. Drinking coffee, smoking big cigars. The ring of fire. He knew right from wrong. You know who doesn't know right from wrong? 90% of the American people that don't question the policies, our foreign policies in particular, which is why I, I, I truly did appreciate Donald Trump's policies very specifically. So I really did. Uh, I like when propagandists of both American media and European media, like the BBC, are taught a lesson. This was taught by a, uh, what's his position? The South African secretary. I don't know his name, but it sounds like Umbata, 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 U. However, here he is schooling correctly from a position of righteousness of BBC propagandists. Rest if Vladimir it was Putin. according to the ANC, we will want President Putin to be here even tomorrow. You would? To come to, come, to, come to our country. But, you uh, would welcome Vladimir Putin here of right course now. We will welcome, a man who is being investigated for war crimes by the International Criminal Court. We will welcome him to come here as part and parcel of BRICS, but we know that we are constrained by the ICC in terms of uh, doing that. Putin is a head of state. Do you think that uh, a head of state can just be arrested anywhere? How many crimes have your country committed in Iraq? How many crimes... Have everyone else who so vocal today committed in Iraq and Afghanistan? Have you arrested them? You, you, have know, not. you know the impact that You're this making stand a of lot yours. of noise about putting in state of working for peace between Ukraine and Russia, and you failed to resolve the war. Where are the weapons of mass destruction? Tony Blair went to Iraq and claimed that they are weapons of mass destruction. Did you see anybody standing against that in the United Kingdom and Britain? More than uh, millions of people have died in Iraq and yeah. Afghanistan, and there are no weapons of mass destruction. We know what the war is about Mr. Secretary General. between Russia and Ukraine. We want peace. That's what is important, so that the world can thrive. And the organs and institutions of the world that institute world peace must not be conspicuous by their silence in deciding... But perpetual we, we, we warfare is not just where money is stolen by American oligarchs, European oligarchs. Perpetual warfare is the goal. Because now they can implement bureaucracies of power like the cybersecurity. We must stop the terror. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank you. Now watch this drive. Yeah. Have a terrible Memorial Day, Bush, you war criminal, traitor, rat bastard. Yeah, you're the one that started it all. Now look at us. Now look at us. More bureaucracies, more fascism, censorship, all at the hands of our very own government. That's built around none of it. Frank, Northwest Side. How's it going, John? Hope you're doing well. Uh, Great show, by the way. Thank you, babe. Can you hear me? I am doing well. I am doing well because I see Squirrel, and he's all excited about 65 degrees. You know what that's called in Florida, don't you? Winter. Go ahead. That's right. I just wanted to talk a little bit about the, the, the enormous increase in uh, property taxes around the commercial properties in Chicago. I myself have a manufacturing facility, and they jacked me up over 110% uh, of the previous year, and it's going to keep going up. and. I've, I've lost a lot of faith in the city, and I don't know. I don't know what else to do, you know, and I uh, just want to see if you had any insight on, on I do, in the great words of the Duke brothers, sell, Mortimer, sell. 
That's what you, I mean, that's the answer, babe, because yeah. what yeah. happens is this climate now has determined that people who have businesses are bad. You've got an entity in Chicago, right. a creation of other Marxists, whose mission statement is first we get the money, like Scarface. What are you kidding me? There's only one place they can get the money legally. They're not going to go after the Alrukans or the Sinaloas. They're going after Frank and his manufacturing plant. Sorry, that's just the truth. That's because that's they're, 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 they're working with the Sinaloans. <laughs> yeah, well, here's the thing, Frank. The problem is, too often, and I, I say this with loved ones, people I love that did the same thing. You thought, ah, I'll just hire a law firm that's connected to the short-in-the-pants mafia. And I'll get my taxes lowered. Ultimately, that right. runs up. That runs out. You can't do it. And now you got six million square feet vacant in Chicago. And now they're going to turn it into low-income housing. What's that do for that yeah. area? Frank, sell Mortimer, sell. Exactly. Like a Duke brother. Thank you very much. 312-642-5600. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. I have felt for decades since I was a very young man and learned how to read. The beauty of America is that socialism, communism, Marxism, fascism, government supremacy in total is unconstitutional. Yet, a lot of people have been very quiet about it. So what we needed and have needed and who will save this country are lawyers, not like the ones we're used to in Chicago, Democrat gangsters. Good lawyers who understand that law is our shield. Not the spear of a gangster government. That sums up my next guest and his entire law firm, from what I can tell. His name is Jack Brown. He's an attorney at the Pacific Legal Foundation who just had a big win in the Supreme Court yesterday. That's not going to stop him. They're going to keep going to fight back the gangster government. He's got a new challenge in front of him. And guess where it's from? The formerly great state of California. You see, they're going to use all kinds of fancy Marxist words to implement Fascism, Marxism, affirmative action, and absolute control of really all kinds of government bureaucracies. Jack Brown, how do we look in California? Can we fight back the Leviathan? Uh, well, right now, um, PLF is um, pursuing a uh, constitutional challenge, a First Amendment challenge to the um, mandatory use of DEI statements in um, faculty hiring in the University of California system. Um, right now, the University of California, when you're applying to be a professor there, requires you to submit a statement where you are required to express agreement with the ideals of DEI, that we should be treating people differently based on race in the name of equity. Um, and if you either don't submit a statement or you know, don't or submit a statement that um, disagrees with those principles, they'll simply throw your application out and won't consider your actual merit. We're in this third world soiree of, of willful servitude in a way that I didn't think could ever happen in this country. I did not think 
that what you're describing could happen. I understood that it happened in all kinds of different forms of collectivism, where you had to swear allegiance to the government for which it stands. But this kind of new movement, is it that it's so smart that it's winning and spreading, or is it that the people are so stupid that they allow this to happen? Because what you're basically saying is you have to swear an allegiance to diversity, equity, and inclusion, all words of, of, of real kind of a virtue shield of affirmative action and a specific philosophy to move forward in your occupation, right? Yeah, basically, you're you're required. You know, they they have a grading rubric where if you say, um, "I believe in DEI," effectively, you get a high score of a five. And if you say, "I disagree," and um, I think that people should be treated equally based on their race, you get a low score of one or two. Um, it's blatantly unconstitutional, though. Um, the government is not allowed to impose unconstitutional conditions on um, a government benefit like public employment. Um, But the reason that these um, sort of uh, requirements keep persisting is because people are scared to stand up to them. Um, Usually if you, um, the the academia academia is sort of um, ideologically monochrome, shall we say. And, um, you know, if you, Frequently, what will happen is that if people speak up about it, they'll get blacklisted. Um, so, yeah. This is like stuff you read about. Disturbing. It's like stuff you read about when you read about history, when you read about the Third Reich, when you read about government control and intimidation of citizens that would refuse to bend knee to its superior, superiority. And this is something that I'm uncomfortable with, and I'll tell you why. I happen to be white. But when I went to high school growing up in Chicagoland, I went to a parochial school on an athletic scholarship that had a tendency of recruiting minorities from the city of Chicago. When I went to school, I grew up without a lot of money. I didn't have a lot in common with the white trust fund babies. Who, what I had in common was a lot of the minorities who were my friends back then, fellow guys on the football team, they played basketball, whatever. And we were close, and we are close, some of us to this day. And as we grew up, they went on to achieve things. Not with the help of government, but with the character that they had from when we were children. They became very successful. When I hear about this, to me, it offends me on behalf of their achievements, their individual success in life. Are there minorities that are against this? Or is this something they see beneficial and just say, okay, I'm not offended by this at all? Well, I mean, a lot of these sorts of requirements are actually quite unpopular across racial groups. Um, You know, race-based affirmative action is actually, you know, only supported by a minority of the population. That's true across racial groups. It's uh, one of the rare policies that is both widely popular and the right thing to do, as they say. so, um, and, you know, I think that um, that's because a lot of people, um, unlike the defendants in this case, have sort of taken um, the lessons of, you know, the great abolitionist Frederick Douglass to heart. We should be treating people um, based on, you know, our common humanity rather than um, something as ugly as, um, you know, treating people differently based on race. Um, you know, we should, you know... Our common humanity is what matters, not um, skin color. So in Chicago, what has happened to the Chicago Teacher Union is it uh, has become a jobs program. 
for the corrupt mafia in power that has destroyed the city. And what happens is um, they've lowered the standards to where now you're seeing people become teachers and they don't seem or appear or speak as if they've actually done it the right way. I see the adjunct professor in New York City who recently held a machete to a reporter's throat after throwing up a table for somebody who was against abortion. This seems to be something that has become normal in America circa 2023. In fact, it seems that the professionals and the experts and the teachers and the professors, they don't seem too smart. Have we lowered the standards for this occupation? Has it become a jobs program nationwide the way it has in the Chicago Teacher Union? Well, the, these DEI st- uh, statements and this DEI bureaucracy is certainly a jobs program for college administrators. Um, you know, universities have spent, you know, vastly, vastly more on administrative jobs than they have even 10 years ago. And that's being driven in large part by this um, DEI ideology. They need more and more and more people to administer it. So um, in that sense, it does effectively operate as a, um, a jobs program for, um, you know, people who are obsessed with race. Like my, like-minded collectivists. And yeah, in California, you're suing, are you going to the California Supreme Court? What is your... How, what is the, the plan on how you're going to defeat this? Because I agree with your opening statement that it's clearly unconstitutional. But in Chicago, for example, I can only give you that because that's where I'm from, they have judges that are cut in on the mafia, and they sit on investment groups with aldermen who are under indictment and the rest of it. And it becomes a very systemic climate in the court system. Is that? I'm assuming that's the way it works in California as it works like that in New York, New Jersey, and Chicago. I'm assuming California follows that. And how high are you going to have to go to win, in your opinion? Well, we're, um, we filed the case in federal court in California, so we would be working our way through the, uh, the federal system if it came to that. But, you know, we think that the First Amendment speaks for itself. Um, under the First Amendment, the government is not allowed to discriminate on viewpoint, which it's doing here. It's giving applications a low grade based on political ideology. And for that matter, it's not allowed to compel you to speak at all. Um, so the fact that they're soliciting statements about a controversial political issue like DEI at all operates as unconstitutional conditions. So we, we sort of think that the uh, the First Amendment speaks for itself, and, um, you know, we're motivated to take it as far as needs be through the federal court. You know, Jack, I'm, I'm old. I'm in my 50s, and I remember the 80s, and I remember California the first time I went to it. I was young. It was a fantastic place. Uh, Ronald Reagan had been governor. It had a strong conservative movement. It had a strong um, – even, even people who described themselves as – what I think I am, a classic liberal, they were very rooted in the principles of freedom and liberty. The way in which I saw Chicago become normalized to the the mafia of a political party was that they were hiring and hiring, and you would get ahead if you knew somebody in. Has that is that exactly what's happened in California, and has the government workers and the unions in government become so systemically corrupted that it'll be Democrat forever the way Chicago has been? Or is there a chance to break it through proving these cases time in and time out? 
Well, I mean, certainly I think that this case represents an important step in protecting people's constitutional rights, not just in California, but in universities nationwide. Um, I think that um, as, you know, like Dr. Haldigan, the plaintiff in this case, like he's, you know, had the courage to set, uh, step forward and, you know, fight for these principles of, you know, classical liberalism and equal protection and the First Amendment, I think that more and more people are going to start waking up nationwide and start fighting for their rights more. Tell me a little bit about the doctor. How did it come about? What was the scenario? What is the premise of it? Well, um, my my colleague Wilson Freeman and I came across him because he posted a um, the, uh, a DEI statement on his Substack where he takes issue with the entire concept of DEI, like a, a sort of like a sample DEI statement where he takes issue with the entire premise of DEI. He sees it as, you know, sorting people into groups, um, which is inappropriate, and he sees it as, you know, undermining science and rational thought. Um, So we kind of reached out to him. He was um, interested in, you know, protecting people's constitutional rights and fighting for his rights. And, um, yeah, we're happy that he's uh, willing to stand up. You know, the funny thing about Americanism is that it's really the first country built on the individual and the right of exclusion and the fact that you didn't have to be in a group, you didn't have to conform, you didn't have to capitulate to have a life of prosperity, liberty, and joy. Um, The Marxist talks often, collectivist for lack of a better word, talks often of community and the rights of the many outweighing the, the rights of the individual. Was Americanism and the, and the concept of individuality, individuality and the Enlightenment, was it set up to fail the way we're seeing it in this country, the only country built on the right of the individual? Uh, do we stand a chance against the majority? Um, I, I would say that we do. I mean, as long as people like um, Dr. Haldigan are willing to stand up for these constitutional principles, um, liberty will never die in America. And is that the premise of how you find these cases? Because I know you do find them, right? That's how it works. You find individual atrocities, and you go up there, and you you uh, def- you bring these cases not because the people are paying you, but because your organization does this on the right to keep individual liberties free and righteous. So um, when you go to these cases, are they willing to talk to you? Do they think they have to pay you? Do you have to explain to them you're um, supported by other ways and other groups? Um, we do explain to them up front that we, we won't be charging them a dime. Um, we're funded purely through donations. Um, and, um, yeah, you know, sometimes people are a little skeptical, see it as too good to be true. But, um, you know, in general, my experience has been that people are pretty receptive, um, that, you know, we're able to kind of, um, and like they're grateful that we're able to kind of guide them uh, in their fight. I often wonder how many people don't put up the fight, because if somebody was willing to put up this fight, what would it cost, say, like me, if this were to happen to me and I didn't know about your organization and I went and got a lawyer and I was trying to fight for my job and my rights? What's the kind of cost to the individual, in your opinion? Guesstimate. Well, well, it can be really devastating. I mean, I mean, it sort of depends on the issue in question. Like, you know, anyone who challenges DEI statements in academia risks being 
blacklisted and having their career ruined. Um, one of our cases at the um, Supreme Court uh, yesterday dealt with a um, a woman who had had her home confiscated in tax foreclosure sale, and when the government sold her property, they didn't give her any of the excess proceeds to pay off the tax debt. Um, and I also have a client in uh, Montana um, who wants to, you know, open a business and can't because the uh, the state government allows incumbent companies to protest applications for a license. So we effectively can't open a business and, you know, improve his life. Um, so the, the, the cost can be really, really devastating. So we're, we're very happy that people like um, – Dr. Haldigan um, and Geraldine Tyler are willing to, and Parker Nolan are willing to stand up for their liberties and their freedoms. Well, I'm more impressed with your entire organization. We had um, Jessica Thompson on yesterday. Oh, um, she's the best. She's the best. And we and we had her on yesterday to talk about that particular case. I want to have somebody from your organization on as much as possible because I think it's crucially important that people understand the plan is the same as it is that destroyed once great cities like Chicago, like New York, New Jersey, and Philly, anywhere the Democrats really rule, is to overwhelm you with intimidation. It reminds me of the trip I took to Cuba, where everybody is afraid of the government because you do not stand a chance. They are the powers that be. And it's only through private organizations that are funded by charity like Pacific Legal Foundation that you do stand a chance. And that's why I want to have you on anytime you want to be. Please know that. And I'd like my people to go and support your a group, which is really a warrior against the Leviathan that is unfortunately now the republic that we thought represented us. Where can they go to support you, Jack? Um, well, our website is www.pacificlegal.org. Um, we encourage you to um, check us out. Um, we also have a case uh, submission form on our website if you um, if you're in need of um, if your rights have been violated and you're, and you're in need of legal services. So yeah, we're happy to hear from you. He is Jack Brown. I want to thank you for making yourself available. But more importantly, I want to thank you for fighting for liberty and freedom as we celebrate Memorial Day. And so many people died for it, and you work for it. So thank you very much for making yourself available to me. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me on. We'll Have be back day. with you. You too. We'll be back with your calls and comments. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. All gave some. Some gave all. Yeah, that's a great song. You know, I was listening to the commercial break and Bruce Dumont's show, Beyond the Beltway. First of all, I love Bruce Dumont. I do. And I was doing the uh, election night coverage with him on uh, Beyond the Beltway. It was a special edition of his show. And I could tell I made him, you know, because he's a consummate professional. I mean, that is a radio guy who is a pro pro and i could tell i was making him nervous and I, we had a great time during that show and that's when they shut the countdown and the democrat mafia stole the election it was really something but bruce dumont fantastic human being truly i really like him um and on that vein of these scoundrels that are democrats there's a lot at stake i mean there's all the money in the country all the control all the bastardization of professions like teachers at stake. So they got a lot to protect in this gangster government. And they're going to protect it. But when you specifically break down how this all is sold to the American people, it's teachers. And you see the quality 
of teachers or the lack of it. You see these idiots at the CTU, these big fat slobs. They make Cream Puff Jim look like Jack LaLanne. And they're all meandering around preaching at Marxism. They can't talk. Explains why the kids can't read, can't do math. And then you see the character of them. And that was on full display last week. I had these clips of the New York adjunct professor, which means Gatsangul. Less and less. Every time you say adjunct, ooh, an adjunct professor. And then you realize because of backdoor affirmative action, there are no standards. And nothing is a better example of no standards like this cockroach, an adjunct professor in New York City. You're not educating This is propaganda. What are you going to do, like anti-trans Now here's a woman, and I would have to flip her over. She doesn't want to be a woman. She hates women, hates everything about herself. And she's going to talk like she's a tough guy. This is the problem why Melrose Park couldn't be exported throughout the nation. Because you're going to stand there dressed like a man, talking like a man. Now, maybe you get punched in the forehead like a man. That would have solved all of the problems. But there's still chivalry out there. And sometimes it's misguided. You know, and guys are like, I can't do it. No, no, no. You go back to, say, the 80s. And you start presenting yourself like this, we're not going to flip you over to see if you're a woman. You're, you're going to pop up on us like a gangbanger? We're going to treat you like one. You're not educating This is propaganda. What are you going to do, like anti-trans next? Is that what you're going to do next? I mean, no, we're talking about abortion. This is bullshit. This is violent. You're triggering my students. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Now what no, she's doing not. now, Squirrel, with her predator hairdo, is she's flipping stuff over on the table. And the kid who's there to save the lives of babies, even the ones that are unfortunate enough to be born to mothers like this who kill them. Uh, he's going to try to be like, because oh, no, no, he's thinking to myself, oh, okay, I, I, he's thinking to himself, That's, I think it's a woman, and she's obviously a professor, I could tell by the dreadlocks, and uh, he's backing off a little bit. You even have this baby. So you don't even know what that is. You don't even know what this is. Get this One overhand... Palm strike to the temple ends the whole thing. But she goes on to cause more mayhem. Away from my door. Get the f away from my door. Let's let's get out of here. You can't do that. She comes out of the door. She holds a machete to the guy's throat. And the guy, to his credit, just was like, well, I don't know why he didn't just drop back and shoot her in the face. But he was a gentleman. Charlie, a Washington, George Washington law professor and Fox News contributor, who's most. This is why I play the clip. I didn't realize after they walk away, this adjunct professor and the perfect representative of the Chicago Teachers Union, even though it's New York, it's the same thing. She runs out with the machete like some third world savage and chases him down. This recent New York Post op-ed is titled "Only The Only Thing That's Shocking About the Machete Attack Was a College Actually Firing a Woke Professor. Jonathan, uh, always good to have you with us. I just want to put up on the screen this other piece of this video because it didn't end in the hallway. She came down the stairs and she pursued. These are the two, the New York Post photographer and the reporter. Watch this in the right-hand corner. She comes over to them again with the machete then she's mad because he's taking photos and she chases him around the back of the car and then she runs. Now, who hired her? You couldn't see by her appearance, let alone during the interview. Did she speak like she's a third world gangbanger or does she save that for just intimidating young kids? 
that way, but you, you, you can't see it on this, but she literally chased the photographer around the back of the car with, with the machete in her hand. Jonathan, so this is something you don't... By the way, the average tuition in colleges where these idiots teach... It's like 50 grand. And you realize they're just Marxists. They're all down with the struggle. We actually do have an ideological frame. Um, Myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, We uh, are trained Marxists. And that's the foundation for diversity, equity, and inclusion. All taught by morons. Jail time for, and maybe, there it is, that's the other piece, maybe 15 days of of something. Yeah, when this happened, I tweeted out that the best they could possibly charge her with is likely menacing in the second degree, but that can come with jail time. I would think that the court would seriously consider that. Oh, early. Your naivete and your erudite manner is funny. It's New York City. They're not going to do jack. You'll be lucky if she doesn't get a promotion. And the people pay her ridiculous package, her health insurance, her mystical, you know, like they do for the Chicago Teachers Union. What do they average? About 119 grand when you factor in benefits in the beginning? Average. And some of them, they're way in the way in the 200s. That's how they afford all those cars. It looks like a museum in the back of the schools that aren't worth jack. Since the victim was a reporter, that should be something that enhances uh, the um, sentence that would be rendered by the court. But you also have to keep it. She's going to walk and she may get a promotion. Ralph and Rantel. I got a different idea, Sean. How about when she presents the machete? One could make a, a legitimate claim that you fear grave bodily harm, grab the wrist and with your strong arm, punch her as hard as you can in the throat. Ralph, that's why... And then walk away. Everybody should carry at least a 25. You don't have to kill somebody with a 25. That's why I carry a 25, because I want to heckle them. And you know what? I want to drag them to the authorities. You know what, Sean? You don't have to shoot them either. Yeah. You don't have to shoot him. No, I know, it's but it's really hard before, to breathe when your throat's been punched. In. But before somebody holds a machete, and all of a sudden, by the time this is over, you mark my words, Ralph. It is the twenty-sixth. By the third, she'll be a victim. You mark my words, because the media is going to put well, lipstick yeah, and, on that and there pig. will be no charges. Oh, there will yeah. be no charges, and yeah. the reporter will be the aggressor. Yeah, she may be the the spokesperson for Homeland Security by the time it's all over. Thank you very much, Ralph and Rantoul. Stay safe. You're not going to Chicago, are you, this weekend? No, I had to be in Chicago last weekend for a disgusting disco party uh, down. Um, yeah, it was uh, my wife's very, very good friend's significant age birthday. Yeah, and I hate kids. Those. Yeah, they their kids rented out. A disco place. I'm going to call uh, Blue Star Security because I may have one of those coming up myself. I'm going to see if they have a car service, and I'm going to hire them like I was uh, a Russian or Ukrainian arms dealer. Thank you very much. I told you, I know, Squirrel, it's Friday. When we mention Ukraine, the money being stolen from the American people, you get to have a good time, Squirrel. It's all about you, and I know how much you love this Russian techno music. President Zelensky is under fire for corruption. A new report says he embezzled the aid money. It was released by an American investigative journalist, Seymour Hirsch. 
He says Zelensky and his team have embezzled about $400 million. You know what you could do with $400 million, don't you, Squirrel? You could party, baby. That's a Friday night worth having. I want you to party like a Ukrainian lobbyist this weekend, Squirrel. You go crazy. Just don't go into Chicago. It's very spicy. They'll eat you alive. They'll eat you alive. They'll look at you like you're a pork chop and they're wolves. Cream Puff Jim knows what a pork chop feels like around wolves. Yeah, you know, sorry, I was going to say, I read, I don't know, you're too young, but Alive was a book in the 70s. It was about a rugby team that crashed in the Andes and they had to eat half the passengers. No, of course. I, I, was, not, I know all about this was, story. But, it was, but anyway, right, but it was on 2020 yeah. this week, and they, these guys look good. They, you know, they had been taught by the Irish Christian brothers down in yeah. uh, Argentina. Yeah. Anyway, make a long story short, one of the guys, and I think, said he ate the brain of his buddy, uh-huh. and he said it was absolutely delicious. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, Cream Puff, that's why I carry that Frank's Red Hot Sauce. And I sit next, I never complain about a guy like you getting on the plane, because if that thing goes down, I'm going to be eating your loin with that Frank's Red Hot Sauce. Are you kidding me? I'll survive for years on you. Thank you very much, Cream Puff Jim. Amy, Winthrop Harbor. Hi, Sean. Hi, Amy. How are you doing? Splendid. And you? Good. Right. I wanted to tell you that that was a great interview with the lady from Arizona, Betsy. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Amy. I appreciate it. And that. I think she should get together with Carrie uh-huh. Lake. Yeah. I would like that. But you know, how many times do you want to see people get robbed from an election, Amy? But I like your optimism. We got a bad connection in the meantime, Amy. Never forget it's Friday night. I want you to party like a Ukrainian arms dealer and a Ukrainian lobbyist surrounded by a Russian stripper. You know, did anybody talk about the money with the debt ceiling? We're 120 some billion. Are we going to get that back? Is it like a seed money? Or is this just to pay off Soros and the other oligarchs that are bribing the Biden family? Exactly what's going to happen with that money? Just uh, charity? 312-642-5600. Al in Naples, Florida. You will be first after this. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Oh, I like this. Makes me feel good, squirrel. Played Ronald Reagan and his phenomenal speech and his appreciation for life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, the American way, and the people who died to fight against all of the things the Democrat Party represents today. And I was thinking, is the dimwit in diapers going to say anything? And then you realize he can't. Number one, he's a shadow of anybody who used to have their wits about them. But more importantly, he shouldn't say anything. In fact, Joe Biden represents everything these soldiers fought against. Joe Biden should keep his mouth shut, his doll hair sewn to his head, go back to Camp David or Delaware or whatever rock you crawled out from under, and don't say a word about this holiday, because you are an offense. You are the opposite of everything this holiday stands for, you and your entire party for that matter. But Al in Naples, Florida, how are you, Al? How you doing, Sean? Good. All right. All right, sir. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you for calling. Listen, brother, I just want to, I'm a two-time retired Army veteran. I retired in 03. Uh, after 25 years, and then uh, I got reactivated in 2015 for another three. So I just want to shout out to my brothers out there. 
uh, for their support, their service, and all they did for this country. And also, brother, I want to include you because you do a lot, and I think you should be uh, you should take a lot of credit for that. And thank you for your support and your um, service, sir. Al, listen, I mean, I, I I appreciate that more than I could ever articulate to you. But I want to tell you something. As you're talking, I'm thinking about all the times you could have been killed and everything you did. And I want to tell you, I mean this, and, and you and everybody that you were with, I, I love you for that, honestly, because I know exactly why you were there. I know what your heart is and what your intentions were, and I'm glad. Brother, I'm glad you made it home. So thank you, and you stay safe. All right, Al. You too, brother. Hey, uh, I'm from Naples, Florida. So uh, let's uh, let's get together one of these days. Like to I'll, meet you. I'll be at Vincente and buy you a cigar anytime you want. All right, babe. <laughs> all right, brother. Take care. Hey, Have a great I'll weekend. Talk to you too. In the meantime, Squirrel found a anthem that I love. I love it because it's kids. I love it because it's a cappella. I love it because it's in a hotel and it's imprompted, and it's my. F- one of my favorites. One of my favorites. But more importantly, this is a holiday that is not about barbecues. It's not about sports with steroid freaks and costumes chasing balls. And it's certainly not about political whores using it as a fundraiser. It's about all those people in your family and mine and our family in this country that fought for the principles that are under assault, under attack right now. But we'll win in the end. They didn't die for nothing, even though it feels like it. They died for the principles that will win in the end. It's going to be a fight, but that's our fight now. They fought. It's our fight now. Make sure these crooked bastards don't stay in power. Everybody have a good, safe weekend. If you're in Chicago, serpentine. Stay away from Kias, Hondas, and Jeeps. They're probably driven by CPS D students, although there's nothing other than them. Have a safe weekend. Have a good weekend. Stay out of the numbers. I'll be back on Tuesday, much to my chagrin. But I'll be with you the whole time. Thank you very much.
just have a great night. Have an American night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.